and welcome to Made a Hames Out of It. I'm Kate Hames and I hope you're having a fabulous day. Here at Made a Hames Out of It, we find disasters, curses and sometimes total fuck-ups, which are generally hilarious and usually only for our own pleasure, but it would be rude not to share. Let me explain the whole Made a Hames Out of It. A Hames is a piece of equipment used on horses. It is made out of either metal or wood and is attached to the horse's collar. It then distributes weight evenly around the horse's neck and shoulders. Interesting, I hear you say, but what the fudge has that got to do with anything? Well, these Hameses are apparently quite tricky to attach or at least fit correctly. And so, many years ago, a saying was born. You made a right Hames out of that. And honestly, that fits so perfectly for my ever so interesting family of Hameses, whose lives have often been tainted with ill fate, ironic missed opportunities, eerie cases of bad luck, and an ominous air of being cursed. And with that in mind, I want to bring you some disasters from around the world, some curses, some misfortune. Are they all just random incidents, coincidences? Or is something more sinister at play? The Curse of Tippy Canoe. Before researching for this episode, I had never heard of this curse or the Shawnee warrior chief, Tecumse. And I do hope that I'm pronouncing these names correctly. I apologise if I am not pronouncing them correctly. So... Sometimes I'll have a definite idea of which curse I want to cover or a certain something that I'm interested in, but this time I just did a random search for a curse and happened to come across an article titled Six Most Famous Historical Curses. I have linked that into my um, notes. I've forgotten the word of what that is the thing that I post up on the website. Um, I'll also put it in the description. Okay, so I had only heard of one of these, so clearly I need to up my curse knowledge game. And on the list was the, so I'll go through the six uh, most famous historical curses, according to this article anyway, from livescience.com. So on the list was the curse of Otzi, and some of you might know him as the Iceman. He was found 5,000 years after he died and he was very well preserved in the ice, hence the name, the Iceman. And some people who were associated with his discovery or examination were soon finding themselves caught up in a tale of deadly curses. And I'm not going to go into those curses right now because this is not about Otzi, this is about Tippecanoe. Okay, so the next one on that list was uh, King Tut and we all know about him and Howard Carter's gang. Then there was the curse of Timur's tomb or Timur. I really should look up pronunciations, but I forget. Uh, so Timur was a warlord and nobleman from the 14th century and above his tomb there is an there is an inscription which reads whoever opens my tomb shall unleash an invader more terrible than I 
and then in 1941, Stalin sent a team to open this tomb, much to the dismay of local residents, and shortly after doing so, Hitler invaded Russia, killing 26 million people. I found this very intriguing, and we'll be revisiting this at some point in the future. I don't mean the whole Hitler invading Russia, killing 26 million people. That is horrific. I mean the curse of Timur's tomb. Um, I found that very interesting. So I will go back to that. I will go back to that curse at some point. I seem to have developed a cough, and no, it is not COVID. The next one on the list was the Curse of the Hope Diamond, which was another one shrouded in misfortune and is, again, going on my list. The list is forever growing, which is excellent, which means I can do more podcast episodes. And the Goat and the Curse of the Chicago Cubs. Okay, this one was weird. So in 1945, some bloke named Bill Billigoat Sianai, Sianai, Siani, anyway, that guy, took a goat with him to the Chicago Cubs baseball game and he was told to leave and take his goat with him. On leaving, he yelled, the Cubs ain't ever going to win a game again. That's how he spoke it, how he yelled it. I don't know how he yelled it. Anyway, he told them the Cubs ain't ever going to win a game again. And they haven't since uh, they lost their next game and they haven't won the World Series in over a century. I know nothing about baseball, so I've just said a load of words that mean nothing to me. Also on that list, obviously, was the curse of Tippecanoe. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I think it was mainly because I just like the word Tippecanoe because it's like a Tippecanoe, a canoe that tips. I, d- I don't know why I, I was drawn to it, but I liked it. So let's start with what Tippecanoe is or was. I found that Tippecanoe can be referring to several things. So there was the 1811 Battle of Tippecanoe. It was also a nickname for William Henry Harrison and his role in the battle. He was the President of the United States from March 1841 to April 1841. Yes, he was only President for a month. 31 days, in fact. He died of either typhoid, pneumonia or paratyphoid. And he served the shortest time as president and became the first president to die in office. Then we also have the Treaty of Tippecanoe, which was an agreement made between the United States government and the Native American tribes of Indiana. There are also several places named Tippecanoe in the United States. There is a river, a lake, a couple of Navy ships, a golf tournament, some schools, a train and a planned train station in California. So there we've got a little bit of background into what Tippecanoe is, was. Um, But we are here to talk about the curse of Tippecanoe because obviously at Made Hames out of it, I talk about curses most of the time, some of the time, every now and again. It is said that the Shawnee warrior chief, Tecumseh, cursed William Henry Harrison after him and his troops won the Battle of Tippecanoe. Obviously, with any curse, there needs to be a pattern of some sort, usually involving death or bad luck, misfortune, etc. and so on, and here there seems to be just that. However, one thing that struck me as strange with this curse is that it took nearly 30 years to get going. That's if I'm understanding all of this correctly, the whole play out of events. 
I will start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start, although it's not the very beginning because it's just the beginning of this little thing. So Harrison, William Henry, was governor of newly formed Indiana Territory in 1800. He wanted more land to use for settlements, land which was already belonging to the tribes in and around that area, one of which being the Shawnee tribe. Every time I say Shawnee tribe or read it, I think of Pawnee in Parks and Recreation and it kind of makes me laugh just a little bit. So Shawnee, uh, the Shawnee tribe, sorry, is situated or was situated in Prophetstown and Chief Tecumseh and his brother Tenskwatawa, Tenskwatawa, Tenskwatawa were leaders of said tribe. So they were leaders of, so the Chief Tecumseh and his brother Tenskwatawa, again, I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, they were um, the leaders of the Shawnee tribe. Tenskwatawa wanted land to remain with its rightful owners, which, you know, is a perfectly acceptable thing to want. And he, he hoped that he could persuade people to return to more ancestral ways. Tecumseh was opposed to the treaties being made by his fellow leaders and would try to recruit warriors, persuading them to leave their tribes and instead join him in the resistance. Tensions rose, agreements could not be made by everyone, and battles were fought. This one, the Battle of Tippecanoe, led to the loss of faith in Tenskwatawa from his followers, as he had promised the spells that he cast would protect them from bullets fired from Harrison's men and the other, you know, the other soldiers. Uh, unfortunately, the spells did not work and lots of people died. Harrison went on to burn Prophetstown to the ground and this defeat forced Tecumseh to seek an alliance with the British. So now we know a little bit about the whole Battle of Tippecanoe and who Harrison was, how he kicked off a curse from Tecumseh, who was a chief of the Shawnee tribe. I do know that I've kind of skirted over a lot of American history there and I'm not going to go into, I don't know enough to put more details in I just wanted to get a bit of background into what this was so that I knew what I was kind of talking about um so yeah that is why I've just kind of pushed that to one side and not gone any further into anything else because as I say I don't know enough to comment on anything so um there we have a little bit of the battle of Tippecanoe and what we don't know yet is like us right now you listening to this is what the curse was. Well, I'm getting to it. All of that gubbins that we've just gone over, Tecumseh not being happy with the treaties, Tenskwatawa trying to get people to revert back to their ancestral ways, and the actual battle that took place at Prophetstown, this all happened in the early 1800s, around 1811, I believe. And Tecumseh then died in 1813. So the curse that he cast on William Henry Harrison didn't get going until over 20 years later. I don't know how this works exactly. Maybe it needed time to mature or something, but this is a big vital piece of information when you're looking at this curse. Okay, so let me talk you through the alleged curse. William Henry Harrison won the Battle of Tippecanoe in 1811. Then I'm sure he did lots of other stuff. Fast forward to 1840 and he gets elected president. And then, bam, the curse awakens. 
As I mentioned all the way back at the start of this episode, Harrison was president for only 31 days because he died. He was the first president to die in office and and he would be the president that gave way to this curse that will rear its ugly head for any president who took office in a year that is divisible by 20. And again, I am saying words that my brain doesn't gel with because anything that involves maths makes my brain go off on a four-day hike. Seriously, I was just reading this and it's going, yeah, president took office in a year that is divisible by 20. As soon as I saw a word that is associated with maths, my brain just, it goes off. I'm reading, but then the other bit of my brain that knows that there's numbers goes, nope, I'm not even going to just just leave me out of this. And it pisses off and leaves me to look like a fool. So, yeah. So any president that took office in a year that is divisible by 20 would be cursed. Okay, so let's go through these. William Henry Harrison, elected in 1840, died after only 31 days in office, potentially from typhoid. Abraham Lincoln, elected in 1860, famously assassinated by John Wilkes Booth whilst at the theatre on the 15th of April, 1865. James A. Garfield, elected in 1880. He was shot on the 2nd of July, 1881. He died from his wounds on the 18th of September. He was shot on the 2nd of July and didn't die from his gunshot wounds until the 18th of September. He was prodded and poked by so many unsanitised hands and instruments that it is highly likely that they were ultimately the cause of his death and not, not the fact that he was shot. Also, like, you know, it took him over two months to die. That is really harsh. He would have most definitely survived had that happened today. William McKinley, elected in 1890, shot on the 6th of September 1901, and died on the 13th of September, probably from blood poisoning. I just want to point out that I am actually... The ele- it's the elect the day that they were elected, the year, sorry, that they were elected. So we've had Harrison, 1840, Lincoln, 1860, Garfield, 1880, McKinley, 1890. Next is Warren G. Harding, elected in 1920. He died on the 2nd of August in 1923, presumably from cardiac arrest. Little side note, just in case you weren't aware, like I wasn't, Cardiac arrest and a heart attack are two different things. A heart attack is a circulation problem, whereas cardiac arrest is more of an an electrical problem. Okay, Franklin D. Roosevelt. Is it Roosevelt or Roosevelt? I can never remember um, which one. Roosevelt, Roosevelt. I apologise for whichever, whichever one it isn't. He was elected in 1940. He died on April 12th. 1945, of an intracerebral hemorrhage, which in simple terms is a brain bleed. John F. Kennedy, elected 1960, assassinated on November the 2nd, 1963. Okay, that is where the curse kind of goes away, but there there are reasons, or a reason why it goes away. Ronald Reagan, Uh, should have been the curse's next victim. He was elected in 1980. And there was was an assassination attempt on Reagan in 1981. Luckily, he recovered. 
and survived another 15 years after his second term as president. Then after him would have been George W. Bush, who was elected in the year 2000, and he survived an assassination attempt in 2005. It would seem that Reagan's recovery broke the curse and restored peace to the presidency. Or maybe the Secret Service just got better at their jobs. So I like this one. It feels like it's been wrapped up and finished. The curse was cast from spells and anger. It took a while to get going due to one reason or another. And then the powers that be decided enough was enough. Reagan broke the curse, the end. However, what I don't understand is why Tecumseh gets the blame here. For a start, it was his brother that was cast, it was his brother that was casting spells back in the Battle of Tippecanoe. But not only that, surely there are several other people that Harrison pissed off in between the whole thing with Tecumseh and being elected president. It was over 20 years. Why does Tecumseh get all the blame or all the credit, depending on which way you look at this? There must be someone else who could be responsible for inflicting this curse upon Harrison and subsequent presidents. If you think of anyone, be sure to let me know. And my random fact from this week. Did you know that the runner-up in the presidential election used to become vice president? So you'd potentially have competing parties in office. This was stopped in 1804 and could be why assassination attempts became less common. Although not all assassinations are carried out due to political reasons, some attackers have been found to be mentally unstable. So there are many reasons as to why people choose to carry out these attacks. And that information that I gathered just there was from the Smithsonian website, which is an awesome website and an incredible place that I wish to visit one day. Not the website, the actual place. I suppose on one hand, it seems perfectly understandable to have the runner-up as vice president, as that is second place. But then surely it just gives way for assassinations and makes sense that this practice was stopped. I just found that interesting and thought I'd share. If there's anything about this episode you'd like to correct me on, then please feel free. Or if you have further information, I'd love to hear that too. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions, you can get in touch with me via Facebook or Instagram. I am at Hames out of it or on Twitter at Hames, or do visit my website maidahames.com. I also wanted to take this opportunity to mention that you can help support me and my ventures on Buy Me A Coffee. I will link my page in the description. I use Buy Me A Coffee to ultimately grow my following and my income. The plan is to have this and my other creative outlets as my full-time job. That dream can only become a reality when I get support from you incredible people. And to those of you who are already subscribed, thank you. It honestly means more than I can ever tell you. Also, from now on, 25% of whatever I make via Buy Me A Coffee goes towards Rape Crisis England and Wales, a cause that is very close to my heart. Another project of mine that I'm developing right now is a play which is derived from a book I published earlier this year called Say The Word. This is an anthology of stories, poems and accounts from survivors of sexual assault. So, although I am doing all the fun stuff like making vlogs, singing and making this podcast, there is a serious side to it all too. And the more support I receive, the more it builds, the more I can give back and help others. And no, it's not all about the money. 
it's about the contact, the inspiration and just being there for others. But for me to have time to work on those things, I also need to eat and pay for a house and stuff. So any and all of your support is welcome and appreciated. If you're still listening to this, seriously, thank you. And I will see you next time. Be happy and bye.